Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. Our goal is that this message builds your faith and gives you hope. Enjoy the message. Today I was studying for what I'm about to speak to y'all tonight. And, you know, I have this little office in the back of my house. I'm studying, I'm working, I'm, I'm like, I'm worshiping God, I'm praying. And it was around lunchtime, my dad comes home and he sees me, hey, you're studying for the Word. I'm like, yeah, I'm studying. And then he comes back from work and it's like 5 p.m. I'm still in that office studying. He's like, you're still in here? I'm like, yeah, I'm still in here. He's like, it doesn't come naturally or what? I said, man, I don't want natural, right? I want super natural. Amen. I said, so I'm just going to keep on studying and praying until I feel something from the Holy Spirit. And I believe um, that I'm ready to speak it how it was given to me, to communicate how it was communicated to me. Um, So I want to welcome you to Covenant Life Center. Um, I'm so thankful for a church like this uh, where we can worship freely, where we can feel like a family, and uh, where we just all can connect and not feel any pressure to be anybody other than ourselves. Amen. I think when when you enter those doors and when you take a seat on those chairs that you become family, you become part of a family, and that you belong. Amen. Um, So let's get started for tonight. So I have a word of faith tonight, uh, a word of faith. Uh, what the Holy Spirit gave me was a word for people who seem like their miracle or their breakthrough is always coming tomorrow. It's always coming tomorrow. You get, you get, you think, you think it's coming t- today, but then, then it feels like, oh, it's not here yet. It's not here, and you're pushing, you're pushing. And so, I have a word of faith tonight to build your faith, to encourage your faith, to leave this place uh, not just feeling hyped, uh, but feeling whole, right? Not just feeling something that to that gives you energy, but something that gives your spirit life. And um, so I'm ready for tonight. I'm ready to speak it how I feel it. And I want to also mention that um, I am overcoming allergies. So if I sound nasally, forgive me. Um, I'm interested in seeing how long my voice is going to last. But I'm excited. I know the Holy Spirit is going to be faithful. Uh, So are you ready for the word tonight? You all ready for the word? Turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1 through 7. And I want to give a little context before we pick up. So this is about the prophet Elisha, who is the protege of Elijah. I know that's confusing. Um, But this is Elisha, and he is, um, you know, on his ministry trek. He's a prophet. And this is one of the first miracles that he performed. And also something you have to know is that back in this day, um, the law in Israel um, during this time, was that if you owed somebody a debt, you couldn't just declare bankruptcy if you couldn't pay it. What they actually was, what the law was, that if you had a debt, you could actually um, have to pay, repay that debt by being an um, indentured servant or a slave, is what you had. So that was the law of the day. Was Not only was it something that was common for, for, for someone to become a slave to pay their debts, but it was something that was legal and backed by the government. And so this is where we pick up in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1, and it reads this. It says, One day the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out. She said, My husband who served you is dead, and you know he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come threatening to take my sons as slaves. See, her debtor was about to take her sons and make them his slaves um, as a repayment of the, of the debt that she had. Elisha responded, How can, what can I do to help you? He asked, tell me what do you have in the house? Nothing at all except a flask of oil, she replied. 
And in verse 3, it said, and Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your, from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from, flask, from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing her jars to her, and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, Now sell the oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left over. Turn to your neighbor and say the title of tonight's message, Mustering a Miracle. Mustering a Miracle. Come on, let's pray tonight. Father, I thank you that you have brought us together for a reason, um, that we are not in this room by coincidence, but we're in this room by your hand of movement, from, by your spirit ordaining this moment. So I thank you, Father, that this word is going to fall on open hearts, open minds, God. I thank you, Jesus, that your Holy Spirit is going to move. Uh, your Holy Spirit is going to do what it does best, which is change hearts, mend the broken, um, heal the hurt, Father. So I thank you, Jesus, that tonight is going to be a night to remember. And I thank you, Father, Father, that you're blessing the Houston Astros, God, and that, you know, we're entering the postseason, so just keep them healthy, God, in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen. So a couple of weeks ago, uh, somebody backed up into my truck. If y'all know, I have like a white truck. If you do or do not know, I have a white truck, and uh, her name is Rachel, okay? Uh, yes, I named her, and she's very close to me. She was the first vehicle I ever had, and I've never gotten to a wreck, but a couple weeks ago, somebody backed up into my truck, and um, the worst part was it was somebody who I knew and was close to me, so you know, it's kind of like that awkward thing, it's like, hey, I'm not mad at you, but I am, you know what I'm saying, like, yeah, you're my friend, but I'm upset, like, I don't, don't talk to me right now, it was one of those situations, and um, so they backed up into my truck, and it didn't really look severe at the moment. It was like it had a dent in the side, but I was like, ah, oh, that's like nothing, right? Like, it doesn't look too serious. So, you know, I'm calling around. I'm getting quotes. I'm getting quotes for like over $1,000. $1,000. I'll say it again. Maybe that's not a big number to y'all. That's a big number to me. $1,000. And if you know, um, I am engaged and I'm preparing for like a wedding and a honeymoon and life. So $1,000, amen. So $1,000 is not in the bank account, okay? And even if it was, it was not going to, you know, pay for Rachel. I'm sorry, I love you, Rachel, but it wasn't going to pay for my truck. Um, and so I didn't know what to do, and I was just praying, like, God, like, because also I was planning on, and again, I was planning on putting Rachel on the market, my truck, just because it was time to move on. And, and so, what, but with that dent, I wasn't able to list it because that just brought the value so low. And so I was, like, frustrated. I was like, God, I was like, God, I was like, God, I just need you to do something because I, I cannot afford a thousand dollars and um so like a week went by and um you know I'm calling around and still the same quotes and nothing's happening but I just I didn't feel peace to move on I didn't feel peace to to do anything different so um this past Saturday you know I was doing my normal routine if I can do it which is watch football all day and so you know I'm watching football watching college football and uh all of a sudden I'm in my room and my mom knocks on the door and said God just did something. I'm like, what did he do? It's like, he just, you know, she had put a shirt on. God just did something because, you know, I was watching football on my own. And to go outside, there's guys outside who's offering to fix your truck. I said, what? He said, yeah, they just knocked on the door, and they're offering to fix your truck for $160. Can I get an amen? That deserves a hand clap. 
So I jumped up so quick. I jumped up so quick. I was like, thank you, Father. I was like, you know, yes, you can fix it. And it was awesome because this guy just pulled up randomly knocking on the door. And he apparently does this for a living. And then it, I, honestly, I, I believe that was the Holy Spirit. Do you all believe that? I believe that God, that was an answered prayer. Um, but that had me thinking about this woman that we just read about, this widow. And who knows, this widow found herself in a desperate place, right? She didn't know what she was going to do. Uh, her husband just died. And she was at the place where she had no money. She had no resources. She was running out of time to the point her sons, right, was about to be put in slavery if she did not come up with the right amount of money. Who knows that's a desperate and that's a hurting and that's like a hard moment of life to be in. And so what we're going to talk about tonight is it, this sermon is for anybody who finds themselves in a situation like the widow or has found themselves in a situation, situation like that where your back is against the wall. You don't know what to do. You don't know what is next. You don't know how it's going to happen where you're at the point where all you have is God, right? You're at this point where you're saying, hey, I have nothing else. I have like, you know, like me, God, I don't have the money. Or I, I, God, I just need you to move. Uh, because I believe that God is faithful, right? I believe that God means what he says he's going to do. We stand on his promises. And so I want to encourage y'all tonight that God is more than capable than anything that has come against you tonight. That God is faithful, that he is consistent, and that he's going to meet you where you meet him. Because sometimes when God seems at his most distant, uh, when God seems at, his, it seems at his most impossible, that's the moment, right, when we don't give up on our faith. That's the moment when we muster everything together as much as possible and say, God, it doesn't look perfect, but God, I'm going to just bring together everything I have like the widow did, right? She didn't have a lot, but she had, she brought together what she did have, and she gave it to God. Because I believe if you muster up whatever you have, God can do something awesome. God can do something awesome. So let's look at Scripture and what we read over. But I want you all to take a look at it again. Is 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 2. And it, and it read this. And it's, again, this is us just reviewing. Elijah said, what can I do to help you? This is Elisha asking the widow. And in, after he's saying, he said, tell me, what do you have in the house? Nothing at all except a flask of olive oil, she replied. See, the first point of mustering a miracle is that you got to work what you have. you got to work with what you have. Because the first thing that Elisha asked, right, the first thing that she asked or Elisha asked the widow was, say, hey, look, I want to help you, but tell me what's in your house right now. Right? Tell me what, what do you have around you? What do you have to work with? See, before, before we can be blessed with more, Right, before God is going to bless us with more things, we have to use what we've already been blessed with. Right? I think there's a lot of things in our lives that is actually tools, but we see them as lack. Right? They're actually something that God wants us to use, but we're just totally putting them to the side because we think it's not even possible for God to use that. So the first question I want to ask us and what I think what Elisha asked the woman is, what's around you right now? What's in front of you? I know it seems like you don't have nothing. I know it seems like you've run out of time, run out of money, run out of resources, but what do you have in your house? What's in the house? What do you have in front of you? Because what this woman learned is that what seemed like nothing to her, God used it to do everything that she needed. Right? What seemed like it was nothing, because before God can trust us with more, we have to use what we've already been given. See, our breakthrough usually, usually is, is coming 
it usually happens when we start to use what is around us. See, again, the, the widow responded by saying, right, when, when Elisha asked what's in the house, what is, her, her response was nothing except a little flask of oil, right? She, she thought she had nothing, but this is what I love about God, and this is when you can get ready to clap, is that he can turn your nothing, right, into everything, right? He can turn what seems like you don't have anything, right? He can turn, right, because I think there's some stages in life where it seems like if we take on the, the eyes and the perspective of what the world has, it seems like we have nothing. But if we just choose to give God what we have and we muster up together like the widow did, that nothing can turn to everything in the hands of God. See, God can turn the minute, God can turn the mundane, God can turn the minuscule, right, into a miracle like that once you start looking at things around you, not as things of lack, but saying, hey, God, you can use this. I know it's not a lot. I know it might not look like pretty. I know it might not look like I have everything. But what I do have, God, I'm going to give it to you. See, the widow used what was in front of her, and that enabled her for her breakthrough. See, without God, we may have nothing. But with God, right, we have everything we need. See, you might think you have nothing in your situation. You might think that there is nothing that you, of use around you. But as soon as you, as you put God into that situation, all of a sudden you have everything ever required. And the first thing I want to encourage you all tonight is because some of us think that before we can take that step of faith, we have to have the correct tools. We have to have the correct giftings. We have to correct this. We have to have that. But what I want to encourage you all is that you all have everything you all need right now for there to be a move of God. All right? You all have everything you all need. But sometimes you have to take that step of faith and say, God, this doesn't look a lot, but I trust you that you are bigger, right? I trust you that you are capable. I trust you that you're going to do what you say you can do. And once we do that, our miracle is on the other side. You see, Elisha came up to this widow and said, hey, I'm here to help. I want to help you. But first, you know, what's in your house? Well, he, he said, first, what can you do? He, he asked the widow, first, what are you capable of doing? You see, our breakthrough always starts with us. It always starts with us. See, before God can move, we have to move. See, unless we choose to move, we will never see a move of God, right? There always has to be a move from us first. Because that widow could have said, oh, no, I'm not, you know, hey, this, I just said, like, I don't really have anything. Like, I'm waiting, God, you know, drop the correct tools or drop the correct this, and then I'll move, right? Make it look pretty, and then I'll move. No, we have to move with what we have, and then what we need will be given to us. Amen. I'm going to say that one more time. We have to move with what we have, and then what we need will be given. And that's what the widow had, because Elijah said, hey, I'm here to help. And, and that's what God is telling us tonight. Hey, I'm here for your breakthrough. But first, what's in front of you? What can you do? What's in your house? What are the things that you're neglecting that's exactly what you need, but because it's small, because it's mundane, or because you think it's not the right tools or the right tactics or whatever the enemy has convinced you, because you, you, you think you have everything in together to take that move, that's why God has, you haven't seen God move yet. But I'm telling you, the breakthrough, turn to your neighbor and say this, the breakthrough starts with you. The breakthrough starts with you. We're always responsible for taking that first step of faith. That's our responsibility. Our responsibility as Christians, as believers, is taking that first step of faith. Because I'm telling you right now, you're never going to see a move of God if you're not willing to take that first step. You'll never see it happen. 
You'll never see the, you know, that perfect situation will never come, that situation where you've been dreaming about, that you think, oh, God, I'll move when the stars align and when the relationships are perfect and when the bank account looks good, then I'll move. That situation will never come, and your move of God, the miracle, the breakthrough, whatever you're praying for will never happen. Our responsibility as Christians, as believers, right, is that to take that first step of faith. Amen? Amen? So what I want us to ask ourselves tonight is what is in front of us, what is around us that we're not using? We're asking God for more. We're asking God for a breakthrough. But what God is asking you is, hey, use what's around you. Use what's around you. Use what's in your house. Use what is in front of you. And I'm telling you, what you have is more than enough for God to use. What you have in front of you, what you have around you, what you can muster together is enough to make a move of God happen in your life. I think one of the greatest enemies that the enemy, what he tries to convince us is that we don't have enough. What, what is the enemy always telling us to do? All right, wait. Wait. Don't move yet. Wait. Wait until the big account reaches this number. Wait until the relationships feel like this. Wait until this, right? The enemy's always going to tell you to wait because he can't stop you, but he can, right? He can pause you, right? He can, hey, wait, wait. Because he knows that as soon as you move, as soon as you activate your faith, that's when God steps in, right? That's when your breakthrough steps in. Again, right, your breakthrough starts with you. Your breakthrough starts with you. So, so look around your life, and, and whatever you're praying for, whatever your breakthrough is, whatever that miracle you need, look around and say, hey, what can I use right now? I know it seems like I don't have it, but what do I have around me? What, what is something I might be misusing or, or what is a skill that, right, or a tool that I'm not using currently that can be put in the hands of God and make my breakthrough come to a reality? I mean, your breakthrough starts with you. Your breakthrough starts with you. As we continue in Scripture, let's go to 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 3. And it reads this. It said, Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. All right, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. The first point for tonight was, right, work with what you have. The second point for tonight is work with who you have. Work with who you have. See, the widow was told, go to your friends and go to your neighbors, right? The widow was told, go to the people, go to the relationships, go to ask for assistance to your friends and to your neighbors, there are some breakthroughs and miracles in our lives that we can't do on our own. It's a little quiet. There are some breakthroughs and miracles in our lives, right, currently that aren't going to happen on our own. Amen? There are some things that have to require the participation of the others around us. See, I agree with the expression that the life moves at the speed of relationships, right? We know that, right? I agree with that. But I think our breakthrough moves at the speed of our relationships. I think that our miracle moves at the speed of relationships. I think there's a lot of things that are on pause right now because we refuse, right, just to have that conversation. I think we know exactly, I think there's some things that we need, some miracles or breakthroughs, and we know exactly in our mind who we know who we could call up and they could help, right? We say, hey, we need this, and I know this, but we don't for whatever reason, for whatever reason. Whether that because, you know, we're embarrassed to ask or whether that, you know, we might be too prideful or whatever the reason is why we, 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 we don't ask. There's going to be some situations 
right, that we find ourselves in and that we're going to reach a stopping point until we ask for help. There's going to be a situation because God's plan is bigger than this us, right? God's miracles, God's breakthroughs is bigger than just us. So for us to reach him, right, we have to go beyond than just us, right? So there's going to be some times, there's going to be some moments, some situations where you're going to have to say, hey, you know what? I feel leading from the Holy Spirit. I'm not telling you to go and ask for handouts from everybody. I'm not telling you that. What I am saying is that when God gives you a leading or God gives you instruction, hey, go ask this person, you better follow it. Because your breakthrough and your miracle depends on it. See, what if, what if the widow was prideful or, or embarrassed to go door to door to her friends and neighbors and said, oh, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't, you know, I don't want to ask for jars, you know, and admit to my friends that I'm in need. I don't want to do that, or I'm embarrassed, or, or, or I'm too, you know what, or I'm, I'm, you know, she was too prideful. If she had that mindset, right, she would never have had her breakthrough. She would never have had her miracle, and her sons would be in slavery all because of her pride, right, all because she was too embarrassed or too ashamed, right? There's, there has to be a moment, and this is what I love, and this is, look, discomfort gives way when you're desperate for something, right? I'm going to say that discomfort gives way when you're desperate for something. Who, who's ever been on, like, a car ride or a plane ride, and you are so tired and you're so sleepy? It doesn't matter how uncomfortable you are. You're getting your sleep, right? Like, it don't matter. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm the kind of person that I have to be comfortable to sleep. But when I'm on a plane, like, and it's like my knees are in my chest and I can't move and I'm so uncomfortable, like, I'm out. Like, I'm sleeping because, like, I've been awake for, like, 16 hours, you know, but it wasn't, nothing changed except for my desperation of the need of sleep. Nothing else changed. I could sleep like that whenever I wanted, but you have to be desperate enough for it. Because when you're desperate for it, right, all of a sudden you don't care if it's, it's uncomfortable. You don't care, right? I think that's what the widow reached, right? She said, hey, I, I know it might be uncomfortable for me to go neighbor to neighbor, door to door, ask for something, but I'm desperate right now. If I don't follow these instructions, if God doesn't move, my sons are in slavery. So I'm too desperate to worry about the discomfort. I think that's where we have to be. That's a place that we have to meet is saying, God, I'm desperate for you. And whatever it is you're telling me to do, whatever you have called me, whatever it is, whatever person I have to talk to, whatever I got to do, I don't care how embarrassing, I don't care how awkward it is, I'm going to do it because I'm desperate for you right now. Come on. I'm desperate for you right now. Come on. Can I get a hand clap for tonight? I think the key to a lot of our breakthroughs is that we just got to be desperate. We just got to be desperate. This widow was in a place of desperation and said, you know what? I don't care how uncomfortable it is. I don't care how awkward it is. I'm going to follow what God is telling me right now. Again, I'm not telling you to go up to everybody and ask for a handout. But I'm telling you that when God instructs you, right, and he will, he will tell you, hey, go, go talk to this person or or." Or go, or go talk to your dad or whoever it is, what relationship. When God instructs you to do that, your miracle and your breakthrough depends on your obedience. You know, why it would have been easier if God just did everything for that widow like that, right? Like, let's say, right, because it was God's will for that widow, for her sons not to be slaves, right? It was God's will. Why didn't God just send the money for her like that? It's God's will. Why don't he just mix it up here in her front yard, right? If it's God's will, right? That's, but see, sometimes it takes, right, 
our activation of faith, our obedience, right? When God says exercise your faith, what does that mean? It means we got to do something with it, right? we got to do something with it because we all know, right, right, faith without works is dead. So it had been so easy because God could have made that money appear on her front porch and then she would have given praise to God, but who knows she wouldn't have appreciated that much. Sometimes when you're willing, when you put the, right, get your hands dirty and you're part of the process, when you get to the end prize, you appreciate it way more because you got ownership in that. Um, it was, you know, I loved my truck, but when I started paying some bills on it, I loved it a whole lot more, you know, right? Because all of a sudden I was like, oh, shoot, this ain't free no more, you know? When you're a part of the process and you're a part and you got your, some skin in the game, you appreciate way more. See, if you think you can accomplish everything God has called you to do by yourself, you're in, for, you're in for a surprise tonight. Because God's promises and calling and breakthroughs is way bigger than just us. And if it's way bigger than just us, then it requires more than just us, right? It requires collaboration. It requires communication, right? It requires us, you know, going to relationships around us. You see, that's why we have to get the right relationships around us. That's why we have to, right? Because what if the widow... Uh, you know, had friends and neighbors who didn't even care about her, right? What if she had the wrong people around her, right? They would have never lent her those jars. They would say, oh, no, uh, I don't believe in God, or oh, no, I don't believe in that. You know, I don't care what you say. I, I need those jars. What if she, had the wrong, if she had the wrong relationships around her? She would have never been able to have her breakthrough. You see, some of our breakthroughs are the underside of a breakup. I wish the youth was in here. Some of our breakthroughs is on the other side of a breakup, amen? Some of the breakthroughs in our life is waiting, up, is waiting for us is to get rid of that wrong relationship. Some of the breakthroughs in our lives and the miracles that are waiting for us is dependent on us saying, hey, look, I'm not, gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna put you first before God anymore. Or, you know what, this relationship is pulling me away from God's will, so you know what, I'm gonna push you away. Some of our breakthroughs is on the other side of a breakup because God is waiting for our relationships to be right before our breakthrough can come. Because if all widows, friends, and neighbors were unwilling, she would have never had her miracle. That's why you got to surround yourself with the right people, amen? You got to surround yourself with the right people. Y'all hearing me tonight? I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Let's go to 2 Kings uh, chapter 4, verse 5. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 5. And it said this. So she did as she was told. I'm going to stop there. So she did as she was told. The last or the third point for tonight is we got to work according to God's will, right? We got to work according to God's will because we have, some of us have the required parts and we have the required tools. Now, all we have to do is just follow the instructions. That's all we got to do. And what did that widow do? It said she did as she was told. It didn't say she did and then she made her own thing. No, she did as she was told. I think that's some, some power into that right? She did as she was told. She didn't, she didn't go and make excuses or make her own plans. She did as she was told. See, and this is, what, this is what is powerful about God's will is that the widow didn't use anything that she didn't already have, right? The widow didn't use anything that she didn't already have uh, an opportunity to reach, right? She didn't have anything new. She didn't have any new relationships. Here's what's powerful about staying in God's will is that a lot of times we're asking for God, right, to give us something new, but really we're just supposed to do something, what we already have, in a new way, God's way. Did y'all catch that? 
A lot of us, we're, we're waiting, hey, God, give us something new. Give me this new. Give me this new relationship. Give me this new, you know, talent or whatever. Give me the new money. Whatever it is, we're waiting for something new. But we're really being in God's will is just doing what you already have in a new way. And doing it God's way. That's what is powerful about God's will and instructions is because God's, God's will is where the anointing's at. God's will is where the favor is at. Who knows that if the widow would have done it her own way, right, trying to, done, tried to, tried to do God's will her way, it would never happen because that's not where the anointing at. That is not where God's favor is at. But once you choose to stay in God's will and you say, you know what, I'm going to follow your instructions, that's where the power is at. That's where the supernatural is at, right? We say, hey, God, I'm going to give you my natural, right? God will give you his super and it will be supernatural. Amen? You see, we've got to do God's will his way. We've got to do God's will his way. Because a lot of times by avoiding God's instruction, we're avoiding our own blessing. By avoiding God's instruction, we are devoiding our own blessing. There's a lot of us who are so caught up in our ways and our ideas and our routine. And as soon as God asks us to do something different, we say, hey, God, that's cool, but I think I have a better way. And we think we're, we're smarter than God. Or, God. or God, that's cool, but, but you know what? Uh, I've been doing this like this for so long. Um, I, I, maybe I can just do it my way and still get to his blessing. No, if we don't follow God's instruction, we're just devoiding us from our own blessing. Right? The, the scripture said, right, when the last jar, when the last jar was filled, the oil stopped flowing. That's what scripture said. Right when the last jar was filled, the oil stopped flowing. What if that widow only got two extra jars? I believe the oil would have stopped flowing right when that second jar was filled, right? What if that widow got all the jars in the whole city and said, I know God told me this to get for my neighbors, but, man, I'm going here, I'm going there, I'm getting as many as I can. I believe that the oil would have kept on flowing until the last jar was filled. See, that's why it's so important for us to follow God's instructions because he knows what he's doing. Right? He knows exactly what he's doing. And a lot of us, sometimes we can get caught up, right, in our own ideas. Sometimes we can get caught up in our own, right, sometimes too much knowledge, right, is, is bad is, is for us. Because we can get so caught up in it and say, God, that's cool, but that's kind of unbelievable. That's kind of out there, right? You, you're telling me this little cup of oil is going to fill up all these gallons? I don't know if that sounds right. Let me, let, me, let me do this. Let me do what I know. Let me do what I'm comfortable with. And we get caught up in our own ideas, ideals, that we try to do God's will, right, our way. And it never works. Let me tell you something, folks. Trying to do God's will our way is always going to leave us being heartbroken, right, leave us being in a place that we thought we'd never be just because we try to do what, we, what God is asking us to do, but we do it our way. We have to do God's will his way. We have to do God's will his way. See, what if the amount of faith and belief that we can muster together depends the magnitude of a miracle, right? What if that widow did collect all those jars, right? Who knows? All those jars have been filled over and over. What if she got as many and more than what she could? Because I believe that if we just get, if, if we muster as much as possible and we don't put any limits on God, I believe that God can meet us where our faith meets him. I don't think you can ever believe or dream too big for God. I don't think you can. I don't think you can ever dream of something God been saying, hey, that's, that's out of my jurisdiction. I don't know if I can. I think God can do anything 
I think God can do everything. And whatever we dream up in our spirit and we're led by, by, by God, by Jesus, he can do it. He can do it. See, what if instead of playing it safe, we went all out on this faith thing? What instead of holding back? What instead of, of playing it safe and, 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 and holding back things and, and ha- having a little safety net, having plan, you know, some of us don't just have plan B and C, but plan D, E, F, G, A. You know, we have like so many backup plans that we don't even have that desperation it takes to get the job done. Some of us have all these safety nets that we're not really desperate for a breakthrough or a miracle because we know, hey, God, I want you to do it, but if it doesn't happen, it's okay because I have this little safety net right here that I will fall into, right? And we don't have that desperation it takes for God to activate something. But when we say, hey, you know what, God? Your plan A, there is no plan B. All these safety nets are gone, right? I'm not holding back. I'm 100% in your real amen. Can, this is when you praise. This is when you can hand claps because I believe if we go all out on this faith thing, right, God's going to meet us there. I believe that if we all go all out on faith, I believe that if we don't hold anything back from him, who knows what God can do through us? Who knows what God could do through us? Because who knows God's plan is way better than our plan, right? God's plan is way better than our plan. I used to think, um, I used to take God's, you know, instructions as like, okay, I'll think about it. But then I learned, okay, when I do that, I mess up, I make mistakes, God, whatever you say is, is done. Because I learned he's a way better planner than I am. Because in 2 Kings uh, chapter 4, 7, it said, Now sell the olive oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left over. Left over. See, I believe if you follow God's instructions, not your own instructions, right, not your own dreams, not your own ideas, but God dreams, God ideas, right, I believe that you're going to live in the overflow. Who agrees with me? Because I think God's plan is way bigger than us. I think that if we did everything that we, our own thoughts, you know, dreamed of, that we would be way short of where God wanted us, right? We would think we have everything we ever dreamed of, but there's so much more God has for us. But if we do everything according to God's ideas, right, God's instructions, that's when we can live in the overflow. Because God doesn't just want to meet our needs. He wants to exceed our needs. God is way bigger. God, it says we can't even wrap our mind around the mysteries of God. His thoughts are way above our thoughts. What he has planned, what he has going, what he, what he has planned for the future is way bigger than what we could ever even think of. So for us to even try to put him in a box doesn't make any sense. we got to take right, the boundaries off God and say, God, I'm giving you my all, and I'm going to follow your instructions accordingly. And once the widow did that, not only were her needs right, met, it says she was able to live right, in all what was left over. She was able to pay for her sons. See, when we live... Our life, according to God's instructions, God will give us the desires of our hearts, right? Because, right, press down, shaking together, right, running over. Because I believe that when we place ourselves in God's will, we don't just are satisfied. We're in awe of what God can do. We're not just somebody who said, oh, you met you know, my need perfectly. So, oh, my gosh, God, I didn't even know this was possible. There's so many things going on, right? That's the beauty of God is that he is so much bigger than us. Who's thankful that God is bigger than us? His plan is bigger than our plans. See, God wants to bless us to the point where our blessings turns into blessings for others. Right? God wants to bless us to the point not just to meet our needs, but to meet others' needs around us. That is what God wants us to get to. Because right, we're, we're not blessed just to be, we're blessed to be a blessing. Amen. We're blessed to be a blessing.
I'm closing up tonight, and Haley, as I close, will y'all stand up with me tonight? Did y'all enjoy tonight? Might have been a little quicker. I'm going to close with this scripture, Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. And it's a common scripture. It reads this. It says, you don't have enough faith, Jesus told him. I tell you the truth. If you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. Right? Jesus was telling his disciples, right, even if you just had faith this small. But what I believe he was saying was not really a size, but he was just saying, hey, this give me what the widow did. This give me what you can muster together. Give me whatever you can muster, whatever you can bring, whatever you have, whatever is in front of you. If you just give me that, I'm telling you, nothing is impossible for you. I think what the lies of the enemy is telling us, hey, don't wait to go out by faith until you have everything together, until you have everything, you know, your safety nets and your plan B's and C's. No, God says, hey, you don't need all that, right? You just need me. Muster what you can muster. Bring together what you have. Hey, widow, all you have is that little flask of oil. Hey, that's enough. That's enough, right? Hey, all you have is, is this amount of money or all you have is this. Hey, let me tell you, that's enough for God. That's enough. Because I believe that if we just muster together, and this is what tonight is about. Tonight is about us mustering together. Mustering everything that we have. Whatever we think isn't enough, whatever we thought wasn't capable, we muster it together anyways and we give it to God. Whatever we thought, these, these breakthroughs and these miracles that we thought was so far ahead of us, really it's right in front of you. It's right around you. Because I'm telling you, once we get that idea, once we get that mindset, and I want us to sing this one song. Said, okay, Haley, just one psalm. Because I just want to sing one psalm together, and I want us to focus on the Holy Spirit, and I want us to draw a circle around us and say, God, right now it's me and you. Tell me. Tell me, Holy Spirit. If you ask the Holy Spirit, he will tell you. Say, tell me, Holy Spirit, what do I need to use? What do I need to muster together? What is around me? What relationship, what tools, what talent, what have you given me? Because right, what he's given us is enough. What have you given me? And it's enough for my breakthrough that you need. So I just want us to pray tonight. I just want us to worship tonight. And I want us to pray to the Holy Spirit together. Come on.
thank you, Father, that right now, God, that we are stepping out by faith, that we're not going to let the enemy intimidate us no longer, Father, but we are a child of God, that we stand firmly on your promises, that we know that if we step out by faith, that you are going to meet us there. So, Father, right now, God, encourage our spirit, Father. Download what you need us to do, Father. So I thank you right now, God, that you are the God of resurrection, Father. So right now, I resurrect any dead dreams, God, any forgotten breakthroughs, God. Right now, Father, I thank you, God, that you are meeting us in this room, that your Holy Spirit is in this atmosphere, Father, and that anything is possible, that anything is possible with you, God. So I thank you, Father, for healing the broken, God for financial breakthroughs, God, because we do not operate on the world's economy, but we operate on the kingdom economy, Father. So I thank you, God, for financial provision right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, that ideas, God, that dreams are being stirred up right now, Father, that clarity is coming right now, Father. I thank you, Father, that we are taking on the perspective of you, God, that we have the mind of Christ. So right now, Father, depression has to leave, God. Anxiety has to leave, Father. I thank you, Jesus, that right now that your Holy Spirit is doing what it does best. That your Holy Spirit is doing what it does best, and that is change us from the inside out. So, Father, right now it's just you and me, God. Right now, God, it's just you and us, Father, and we're pouring everything out to you, God. We're not letting anything hold us back. We're doing away with safety nets, God. We're going all out by faith, God. We're taking that step of faith, and we're going to watch you, God, move, Father. We're going to watch you keep us in awe because you're going to exceed our needs, God, and our cup is going to overflow. So I thank you, Father, right now for healing in this room, God. I thank you, Father, that whatever the need, whatever the breakthrough, whatever the miracle, God, that you are meeting it right now by your spirit, Father. So we thank you, Father, this how good you are, how much you love us, how much you care about us, God. It says that you care about what we care about. So I thank you, Father, that there is no need too little for you, and there is no need too big for you, Father, that you are going to meet them all in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you. We love you. We give you all the credit. We give you all the praise. You deserve all our prayers, Father. You deserve the worship, God. We thank you, Jesus, for completing tonight, God, for inspiring our spirit. And for meeting us, God, by faith, God, we meet you. We love you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Come on, let's give him a hand clap tonight. Thank you for listening to the Covenant Life Center podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, then subscribe and follow us on social media at CLC Victoria. Connect with us by visiting our website, clcvictoria.org.